everyone! Welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy, and you probably are too. I'm Lindsay. I'm here with Deegan. We're here to talk nerdy to you. Or, uh, just tell you about nerdy things we're doing, or things I'm <laughs> making Tegan do, I guess. <laughs> um, today, we are talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, and this is kind of super unplanned. Um, we can pretend it's a fandom. I think it's a fandom, right? It's totally being, a fandom, yeah. Being children of the 80s fandoms um and so what happened is i dragged my fiance to uh see the movie on a tuesday night for five dollars uh, a couple of weeks ago and i loved it i cried like three times during the movie um clapped a few times during the movie i never do that and i had all kinds of feelings about it so i made tegan see if she could figure out how to watch it and she did, um, more recently than me, actually. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, yes. uh, to be fair, this isn't really a review mu review episode so much as it is a review episode. Um, I just, you know, we're not, um, uh, what's the word? We're not sponsored. But, yeah. you know, if Ghostbusters wants to come get, get at us, that'd be great. We're not but like yeah, professionals. So, um, we do I it for fun. We just get into it. Right, right, right. We're just doing this for fun. Um, we definitely, you know, only have our two opinions against the world. And um, I feel like if I had had a chance to go see um, or read a lot of uh, opinion pieces about it, that there'd be people who had problems and people who didn't. And honestly, mm -hmm. I think I'm probably someone who both had problems and didn't um, throughout the course of the film. So, yeah. Without further ado, we're going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. And uh, just to put it out there. Oh, is really there a Gaming Corner today? Yes. Yes. Um, but real quick, right before oh, yeah, I get spoilers. into Gaming Corner, yes. I do want to put out the spoiler warning because this particular review is not going to be spoiler free. We will be discussing mm -hmm. in detail stuff about the movie, both big details and little details. So if you haven't seen it yet and right, you right. don't want to be spoiled... Just put this on pause and then come back to what it later. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, just I wanted to make sure about the spoiler alert. Right, right. <laughs> most of our most of our reviews aren't spoilers, but just in case somebody happens upon us, you know, first time listener, hey, how you doing? Uh, we don't really do spoiler free re reviews here, so this is your warning to go ahead and back out now. Um, and now right, I'm going to exactly. jump. Now I'm going to jump uh, into gaming corner really quick. Uh, it's just really really quick so i know i posted earlier this week about um games and success and things like that um it was kind of the idea was kind of triggered by a certain article that i read um i can't actually recall the exact uh article but it was on one of those like game rants or screen rants or one of those like sites that are kind of reporting kind of not really i don't really know why i read them because it's not really so much true reporting, if we're being honest. Um, but this is something that kind of infects a lot of different media these days anyway, so I thought I would go ahead and discuss it. Um, and that was, uh, the particular article was talking about, like, the departure of some uh, executive from Bioware and how, oh, that might not bode well for the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And it, really, that's kind of a moot point because their team's that are make the games it's not just one person and these are jobs like people leave jobs all the time it's not it doesn't really mean one thing or another if one or two executives or you know longtime team members you know leave for other jobs or retire that's you know it's it's not a good or bad thing it's just a thing um but you know obviously when that happens articles get written and things get circulated it happens 
Um, I was wondering if this particular one had any ins had any additional insight, and it didn't. But I did notice that what they wrote in the article was that uh, Bioware has not released a successful game since 2012's Mass Effect 3. And I paused a second reading it because I was like, wait, didn't they release Dragon Age Inquisition in 2014? And then I was like, oh, right. Okay, so this is shade, <laughs> meaning that Inquisition wasn't successful. And it's like, okay, so... Obviously, the author didn't like Inquisition. I like Inquisition. I'm not going to say I'm not biased, but it's not a game for everyone. I totally acknowledge that. You don't have to like Dragon Age Inquisition. But at the same time, to dismiss the fact that it is a successful game is... I don't really see it as very ethical, <laughs> you know, especially when you're supposed to be, you know, a writer, reporter, you know, we're supposed to be reporting on facts and all that. And, you know, we could debate ethics forever, but... You know, the thing is, is that there are a lot of things that are successful out there that, you know, even if we don't like them, doesn't negate that success. You know, I per there are some games out there that I personally don't like and I don't I don't vibe with things like, you know, Call of Duty or the Tom Clancy games or Fortnite <laughs> and thing things like that. Like, I, they're just not my thing. You know, I'm never going to like them. They're just never going to be anything that I want to play. But at the same time, I can never take away from their success and say that they're not successful games because they clearly are. They have very loyal fans that follow them, that buy the games, that play them, that talk about them, that stream them, make YouTube videos on them. So, I mean, you know, even though I don't like them, I can't sit back and say those aren't successful games because they are. You know, my dislike of them doesn't negate the reality. And I think that's something to that's important to keep in mind, really in a lot of different aspects, that it's totally fine to not like something, but, you know, please at least keep reality in mind that if something is successful, it is successful for a reason, and you don't have to like it, but you need to at least acknowledge the facts. Um, I know that's something that has been going around so often since the past, like, several years, since the, like, 2016 election or so, and even before then, about, you know, how facts are ignored or twisted or things like that. I think it's just an ongoing thing in general that we need to be very mindful of just in our everyday life is separating opinion from facts and you know, not letting something like that get in our way. So, yeah, that's that's my little rant. That's my little... I guess it's more of a gaming rant than a gaming corner. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, you know, if you do uh, use that information in the rest of your life, uh, science is real, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, could be, it could be all sorts of um, problematic to mm -hmm. do. However, it doesn't make it any less true. So Exactly. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. So. All right. So. Yeah. <laughs> In the spirit of rants, I would yes. like to mention that I, I am not 100% sure Finn Wolfhard is playing anyone but himself as an actor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm just going to go right off the bat. If people love Finn Wolfhard, uh, you know, mute me for a few minutes. But I have seen him in a few things. Um, it, uh, you know, the, the redo of It, as well as Stranger Things. And now... Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and although I do think that he may have been a good pick for the character he played in Ghostbusters, I am not impressed with him as an actor. I'm sorry. I feel like he is playing a whiny teenage boy, uh, or whiny pre-teenage boy, which, however you want to, whatever, career, 
and I'm pretty sure that's just um, comes terribly naturally for him. <laughs> Until someone tells me otherwise, that's how I'm going to feel about it. Because what the heck? And that's uh, totally fair. I, I think that's or what? I think that's something that we've noticed with a couple of different actors is they tend to play themselves rather than letting the role be them or to be in the role. Um, I know that we've uh, talked about that with a couple of actors. I can't say myself um, in my opinions on Finn because this is literally the only thing I've seen with him in it. <laughs> like I, I've never watched Stranger yeah, Things or yeah. the remake of it. So like I, I have no real frame of reference for his work. But yeah, I, I definitely get that mm -hmm. vibe with certain actors that they really more or less play themselves instead of letting, instead of playing the role. Yeah, I, I just feel like I, I don't know. I, I just, anyway, uh, to be fair, in It, he played a very different character than whiny teenage boy, although aren't all teenage boys whiny, I guess, uh, maybe. That's but, true. <laughs> um, he played like a sticky, funny character, and I wasn't sold on it. Mm -hmm. um, it he wasn't funny. He wasn't, uh, you know, he, he was a character that's kind of written for comedic effect, and I just mm -hmm. wasn't, I just didn't feel it. However, Grace McKenna, or McKenna Grace, yes. um, amazing. First of all, yes. I've seen her in quite a few things. It's always got some kind of spooky, ooky vibe. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen her in The Haunting of Hill House and maybe uh, a, another scary movie. She just keeps showing up and she's got this mm -hmm. face where I'm like, oh, I've seen her before. And oh, when have I seen her before? But she is a chameleon. I didn't recognize her half until halfway through the movie. And then I was like, wait a minute. I do know who she is. And her hair is super short and curly now. What? <laughs> So she is someone I can get behind. And that final song that played during the credits is mm -hmm. her song. Oh, the okay. one about um, living in a haunted house. And I was like, I want to hear I want to hear this song on the radio. And then I found out it was her song. And I was like, stop it. And I don't even care if it's auto tuned or whatever. Oh, I was really super cool. excited because it was such a fun song. Yeah. Um, and she's just I, I loved her. I loved the character she played. I saw um harold ramus in her uh, an awful lot i was so well it, egon um but still i was just i was oh, taken no. away by her oh yeah oh yeah no i i totally agree like i i was actually just talking about this with my husband last night and that you know she was really like the strongest cast uh, out of yes out of everybody and i mean really her character was one of the most important so i mean i think that was one of the most critical to get right and i think they nailed it she did such a fantastic job lee actually asked like wait is she actually like related to harold ramus in some way because like she just the whole like her look and her attitude and like you know just the whole vibe and aesthetic that she exuded was just so in line with egon like it really felt very natural like she just naturally was you know related to him in some way and so it was almost spooky in a way to see it but it was it was really good it was it was really good she did a fantastic job yeah i was just so excited and impressed by uh what she did i was uh, i loved it and even just like the little nuances and mm -hmm. uh, head you know the head movements and stuff i was i was right there so oh, let's yeah. go back to like then the beginning of the movie right okay so the the body double uh for mm -hmm. harold ramus i i thought you had some news for me on that um yeah so this was like a whole like 
complex process that, you know, the, the filmmakers really wanted to get right. Um, they pretty much said, you know, if they couldn't get it right, they didn't want to do the movie. Um, so they actually, you know, spent a long time um, putting together how they would do it. And to even demonstrate the fact that it could be done and it could be done so seamlessly, they actually went and took the original 1984 Ghostbusters and they actually inserted um, a, like a fake Harold Ramis into certain clips to kind of demonstrate how they could make it work and how it would look and how believable it would be. And when they showed off those pieces with like the fake Harold and the real Harold, like it, it was so spot on and it was so good. It was like, okay, yeah, now we have like a baseline. We can do this. And the Ramis family, um, his wife and his daughter actually was able to view, you know, everything they were involved. They got to read the script. They got to see, you know, the technology and what they were doing. And they actually gave their seal of approval and the go ahead to do this. So, um, in order to like bring him to life on the screen, they had like a physical like actor on the set to kind of represent him. Um, kind of like almost like an Andy Serkis's Gollum kind of thing. You know, they had him and, you know, this is like one of those things where it's, it's a very interesting spot as an actor because you're putting in a lot of work, but your work isn't really going to be seen because you're standing in for somebody else. And I know that's got to be like a really hard thing to kind of do, but it's also really, really important. So absolutely props to him. He did a fantastic job. So he stood in he did like the physical part in the beginning and then he kind of stood in a little bit for the ghost and then they came in with the cgi and the technology to kind of superimpose harold's face on him so that it would look like him as a ghost so that was a lot of work that they put in behind the scene in order to pull that off and i think they did they did it really well because like i, I agree with them if they couldn't have gotten that right the whole movie w would have been a wash. It, it would have, it wouldn't have landed very well, I don't think. Well, right, but it was so important to me because I was convinced that they were going to not do it right, and mm -hmm. I was scared. Um, I do feel like near the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, there was just a little too much of uh, the ghost character being on camera, and I, I don't know that they could have done it less and still had the effect that it had. Mm -hmm. um, because somewhere around there, I was crying and, you know. Oh, yeah. I was too. <laughs> losing, losing my mind. But I did feel like there was um, plenty of screen time mm -hmm. and maybe a little too much. But, again, I'm, I'm no cinematographer, so what do I know? Um, but I just felt like there was just... A little too much. Although, when he did finally dissipate, mm -hmm. I was happy. I was, like, yeah. glad. I didn't... First of all, I didn't want him to continue to be stuck where he well, was. Well, yeah. And so I was glad that he... And, and that his daughter was able to um, kind of get some kind of closure. Like, mm -hmm. I was I was real, real excited about that. There's so um, many feels all in, in that whole like, thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had so many feelings about it, honestly. Um... <laughs> So that being said, though, I, you know, feel like the um, fan service of the ghost and being able to see him and, you know, all of us having that closure and kind of being able to mourn was really important, too, because yeah. we didn't get that in the previous mm -hmm. movie. 
movie um, with the female cast. Um, mm-hmm. I it it had it had its own place, and that's fine. But um, this one really like made me feel like there was a solid ending. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I did too. And I'm I'm actually really glad you brought up that term fan service because that was something else I wanted to address because. I see the term fan service thrown around like it's an inherently negative thing. And it's one of those things that I think is actually not good or bad. It's just, it just is. And it's how it's used and wielded in those specific circumstances that can be good or bad. Um, when I think of bad fan service, I think of like how the parody films of like the earth of like the aughts kind of devolved into just from clever snarky commentary into like just a random assorted mishmash of unfunny pop culture references that aged within six months after the movie's release. Like, you know, it it's just shoved in there and it's obvious and it's bad but fan service can also be a good thing and i think this film edges on that you know that side of it being good and having you know callbacks in there that are subtle and callbacks that you know have meaning to them and meaning behind them um you know they wrap up some threads and it's 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 good i think it's a good thing overall um, I'm not going to say the movie is perfect, um, especially in the beginning, like after the whole like introduction with Egon's death, I felt it kind of dragged as they were trying to like kind of find its feet with the family, you know, having hard times and trying to fit in in this new town. Like it, I, I don't know, like I, I had a hard time getting into it at that point. It, it did pick up and it, it got better, but you know, there was just like that transition time that I, I kind of struggled with. But, you know, that that being aside, um, you know, I, I think they wielded it very effectively in this movie where it, it almost in a way feels like fan fiction. But I mean that in like the best, most positive way possible, like where it just, you know, kind of tickles all your fandom fancies and you see things that are satisfying and, you know, kind of give you a good conclusion. Like you said, like at the end, it feels like a good ending, you know, like with things are wrapped up. And even though it, it's a little bittersweet with Egon passing on, it's still good. Um, so, yeah, that that's my little... Why, why are we going off on rants today with, with this? I don't know. What is it about this movie? <laughs> I don't know maybe it's a ranting kind of day i don't know yeah, maybe I, I um now things that uh i, uh, I don't, how do i how do i say this i think the zool gatekeeper mm-hmm. uh key master thing i understand why they went back there i get it i i enjoyed the um you know nods to the 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 cave and mm-hmm. how all of that unfolded but while i was watching it i was like really more zool really <laughs> see i kind of liked that because you know they set up these rules in the first movie with how gozer can you know come about and how they can you know manifest and you know they have to follow their own rules that they've set out Um, I did like how it seemed that Egon and then later on, you know, his granddaughter and everybody, they tried to like subvert those rules and like take away the key master so that at least, you know, Gozer couldn't fully manifest. 
So, like, you know, they were trying to, like, go at it that way. I, I saw that, you know, like, I... Because at first, in the beginning, like, I, I wasn't sure, like, what he was doing and what was going on. But then, like, I kind of put the pieces together when they were trying to do it the second time. Um, I don't know if I'm just mm-hmm. slow. Maybe I'm just slow. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I thought that was really neat. And I thought it was really cool that Gozer learned from their last encounter. Where, you know, they came in and they tried to trap Gozer with the... Uh, with their weapons um, and, you know, like crossing the streams to combine them and Gozer Mm -hmm. separated the streams and was able to come out of it. Like Gozer remembered, like Gozer remembered their last encounter and learned from it. And I thought that that was really important because, you know, Gozer's supposed to be this, you know, powerful God who, you know, is powerful ancient God. And it's like, how how are you going to be this powerful ancient God? If you get defeated the exact same way twice in a row, like, what does that say about you? (laughs) So I I thought that was really cool that they, you know, offered that twist where Gozer learned. And so then they had to kind of like learn on their feet as well as had to kind of counter yet again, (laughs) this very powerful being. Um, Oh, oh, before I forget that moment when the ghost, uh, where Egon's ghost finally manifests I don't know about you, but I immediately flashed back to the end of season, uh, uh, the season one of Sailor Moon, where she gets all the Sailor Scouts to like kind of come back and like help her, like focus her power to defeat Queen Beryl. Like that immediately oh, yeah. flashed in my mind. I'm like, oh, like I don't know. It was it was a really powerful moment in Sailor Moon, and so I don't know. I I might have just transferred that to this moment. I. If I'm being honest, I'm not sure. I can't say one way or another, but to me, that's what it kind of reminded me of when, with that reveal of the hand and then Egon with Phoebe, you know, doing it together with her. So I, I, I thought that was really yeah, neat. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I definitely felt a little bit of a, a nod to that mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know um, if it was intentional, I can't say, but it, it did remind me of that. Well, yeah, yeah. It did remind me of that, too. Um, let's see. What else do we want to make sure we talk about? One thing I did want to mention, um, I don't know if you uh, saw the end scene credit, like uh, the end credit scene that they uh, put in afterwards. I did not. Oh, you didn't see it? Okay, okay. So um, basically they it, they they pulled a marble. <laughs> they, they put in a scene um, post-credits or mid-credits. I can't remember exactly when. But um, basically, Ernie goes back to the station, the old station. And you know that um, that in the original movies, they essentially stored like the ghosts there, like they had a containment for it and it showed like the containment for it. And like there was some overlay of some dialogue talking about it. And I was like, like. The way they showed it, if I can remember it from the split second that I saw it, it seemed like the the there was a little light by that was lit up by the word danger. So it's like, hmm, are they potentially setting up for another movie then? Um, I tried to like look up and see if there was anything about that. Um, I know the director has said that it's a possibility, but nothing's been confirmed yet. So an interesting little tidbit that they left in there is a potential maybe we'll have a sequel maybe we won't uh who knows <laughs> huh that's interesting i wonder how that why they 
first of all, why they didn't add it into the actual film, and then second of all, what? Why? <laughs> Well, I think because at the end of the film, I think that was the end of the film. And I think it was important and good to end it with that scene there. Um, I think adding anything on at the, you know, just immediately at the end of that would have kind of ruined that, uh, that falling action, if that makes any sense. Like, like kind of skid it to a halt and then like restart it. Um, so I... I, that's my guess, at least, as to why they didn't just tack it on to the end. Um, but also, again, like nothing's been confirmed for a sequel, so maybe they wanted to just put that in there as, ooh, maybe possibly we could pick this up, but since nothing's been confirmed yet, we don't want to like make it official yet. I don't know. That's that's just my best guess. Hmm. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because you don't you don't want to count. All their all your eggs before they hatch. After all, because <laughs> you know you never know. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, after all, I I know I that I did. Sorry, go ahead. Because uh, I know, like after all, uh, with the Tom Cruise Mummy movie that came out in, like 2017, they were supposed to have like so many other movies that were going to come out. They were going to like reboot the whole like you know classic monster genre, and uh, since that one bombed, uh-huh. uh, they kind of all got shelved. So. <laughs> You know, I, I understand right, the caution right. these days of, well, let's wait and see how this pans out. Then we can go from there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I loved seeing the uh, the Ghostbusters mobile, the uh, Cadillac, though. Yes. That thing was gorgeous. Um, even if it was all beat up and funny. Yeah. Looking, <laughs> I was I was excited to see it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like getting giddy like a little teenager when I saw um, that it was underneath that tarp uh, i'm just a nerd i guess it, i was super excited uh anything else we want to make sure we mention um i don't know i want everyone to go see the movie yeah Watch like it, cry i hope i hope you cry yes and i, I think the <laughs> important thing way, is is to go into this you know don't go into this expecting one thing or another i i think with a lot of things right go into this just with an open mind and just enjoy it for what it is. Because I've seen a lot of reviewers say that, oh, that they were disappointed. It didn't live up to what they thought. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, what were you thinking? What were you wanting? Like, I I see plenty of people talking about that, but I don't see them talking about what they wanted or what they expected. So, you know, I, I think it's really best to kind of remove that and just let it be an experience for what it is. Because I think, you know, in general, I think it'll be a lot, things will be a lot better if you go into it like that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's my two cents. Like, you know, I, I'm sure like if especially if you're a longtime fan of Ghostbusters, there may be certain things you want to see or want to have happen. And, you know, not to say that those ideas and those wants aren't valid, but you know, this is made and this is here. So I think it's really, I, I think it would be really um, beneficial to more go into it with an, with that open mind and just see how you feel about it after that. Because my, my husband was not really interested in seeing it at all. At, I mean, I mean, really at all. He was an avid, avid fan of the original Ghostbusters films. And he just, you know, just wasn't interested. And but, you know, he saw it with me and he actually really got into it. And by the end, he was like, that was really good. Like, I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, well, yeah, there you go. You go into it not expecting anything. You just might find something you like. <laughs> right, exactly. 
And I mean, if for whatever reason there's anything that you would would have wanted to see or would have wanted to happen, there's always fan fiction, and that's valid too. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, well, with that, I don't really have anything else to say. I know this was kind of short, but I just want people to go see the movie and to have a great, um, you know, uh, next couple of weeks. I, I think the next time we talk is going to be right around um, that big funky holiday. So oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to hear from us about something in particular, please let us know. Um, I, I know that there's some MCU stuff that's happening, but mm-hmm. I have a hard time deciding what to do, except that I know um, Far From Home and, uh, well, I need to see Far From Home again. But then in seeing Far From Home, there's some other movie, mm-hmm. No Way Home, that's mm-hmm. coming out pretty quickly here. So if you guys don't stop me, that might be happening. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> other than that, I'm still Lindsay. And I'm still Tegan, and thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons.